0: God bless you. May the Lord expand your mind and your understanding. May he give you clarity and insight into the mysteries of the kingdom of God. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened and that you will have ears to hear what the spirit is saying unto the church. Amen. There's a series of teaching that I'm changing shift uh, and I'm going to be speaking a lot of, to the body of Christ, not just on this platform, but on others about prayer and intercession amen, about prayer and intercession. Tonight, I'm going to deal with the benefits of persistent prayer, the benefits of persistent prayer, amen. We're not talking about the reality of prayer or the mechanics of prayer. What we're going to be dealing with um, the next couple of weeks is the uh, benefits of prayer and the effects that the, re- that the the time that we spend in the presence of God What does it do to our bodies? What does it do to my my spiritual senses, to my eyes, my ears, to my mind, to my heart? Amen, there are things that are happening uh, right along with my time in prayer of fellowship in community, amen. The ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of prayer is fellowship. The ultimate goal of prayer is fellowship, that the Creator of the universe, his desire, and the creation's need is the same, and that's to be together. I'm gonna to say that again. The The, the creator of the universe desire, his ultimate desire, and the need of the creation, the fallen creation is the same, and that's to be together, be together. amen. God desires to partner with humanity to bring about his will in in the earth realm. And that cannot be done without a persistent and consistent fellowship. Amen. That that discipline must turn into a, a desire and a consistency. And that is the place of prayer and intercession. Amen. God created us to be praying beings. He created us, amen, as speaking beings to be, first of all, in his presence. Glory to God. First of all, in his presence. And that, that after that, that the kingdom and his reign, his rule, his desire to be, his desires to uh, for the kingdom to manifest on in the earth realm, God wants to work with a man born of a woman. Amen. Psalm 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, around verse 20 says, in man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's God pleading through us, amen, to be reconciled to God, amen, to himself. God pleading to us, to a man, through a man, to bring a man back to him. He's pleading. He's using a man to speak to men, amen, to persuade men to come and uh, be reunited with him from the fall Actuality, they began in the garden. This is the desire of the creator is to be amongst men. Amen. In the book of Exodus chapter 25, after Israel's delivered from Egypt, the first matter of business in the law, God says to Moses, tell Israel, make me a place that I may dwell among them. Amen. His desire is to dwell amongst men. Glory to God. In the Old Testament, it was a place. In the New Testament, it's a people. The ultimate desire of the creator is to be with his creation in an intimate way. And he's provided for himself a way for that to happen in the sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection and perpetual ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that that sacrifice of the uh, of our high priest in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father except by Christ. Christ has bridged the way and made a way that a fallen man can have an intimate relationship, a man with a man, uh, a man with the Creator of the universe, the Holy One that inhabits eternity, in such a manner that God Himself can, Amen. Out of all of these trillions of people on the earth, can make us feel as though we are, uh, Amen, an only child. Amen. That's too high for me. I can't even really fathom that in my mind how that happens, but it does. In the first family, in the first book of the Bible, when there's a disconnect from the first family, amen, the first AWOL, after we will not leave, the first question God asks man is, where art thou? Where are you? You're not in the place. It's spirit. You're not in this place. It's not about positional, physical. It's about spiritual. Where are you? Amen, call to Adam, call to Adam, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Call to him, where are you? You're out of your spiritual position. You're out of our place of fellowship. The first thing in the first issue that came up in the first book with the first family had, amen, something to do with fellowship. You're not in the place that I put you. You and I were in a intimate, amen, connection. We had this love thing going on, and now you've moved, Adam, where are you? Said, I heard thy voice. Amen. I knew that you were I heard that voice. I was naked. I hid myself. Who told you that you were naked? The only way you have this level of fallen degradation and uh, understanding, you must have eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat of. A- amen. So we've been dealing with that issue and getting a, and Christ come to take us back to eat and take us back to that level of fellowship. Amen. With the Father. Praise God. But as we pray, there are certain uh, benefits and effects that prayer has on the human body, both physically and spiritually. Amen. So this lesson is designed to uh, stir you to receive those benefits and be conscious of the fact that as I'm speaking to the Almighty, something else is happening, amen, to me physically, spiritually, and emotionally. As I'm making my requests to God, as I'm persistent in his presence, there's something that happened to me physically, amen, spiritually and emotionally, amen, and what you got to understand, what you got to perceive in your spirit and understand that prayer is just not about asking. It's not just a monologue, but this prayer is a dialogue that eventually goes back to a monologue, from me speaking, to us speaking, to just him speaking, amen, that's a place where I am at rest, I'm at peace in God, and my desires that I release from that place, what I call a praying ground, they change. They become a God desire. They become meticulous. They don't, amen. They're they're not they're not selfish. They're not petty. They're not because you're angry with somebody at work. Praise God. You have sifted through all of that fleshly stuff. Amen. And finally, you're getting down. Amen. To a real conversation with the Almighty. It does not. It does not. Have to be a man, real wordy, it does not have to be uh, all of these high sounding words, but it does have to be honest and it does have to be a man, uh, spiritual in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. We're talking about revival and all of this stuff people are talking about there, but there will be no revival without prayer and without intercession, amen. There will be no revival because when in the midst of prayer we learn how to pray and what to pray. In the midst of prayer, amen, we learn from the moving of the Holy Spirit, we learn what to pray, amen, how to pray in the midst of praying. Prayer builds up prayer. Prayer, amen, supports, and it catapults us into another realms of prayer, amen. Prayer, amen, is something that when it's done, it creates an environment where you want, amen, you learn to do it more more accurately, and you learn to, amen, you learn to do more consistently. Glory to God, amen. The request was to, for the, from the disciples, Master, teach us to pray as John taught his the disciples to pray. Amen. There are five things I'm going to give you tonight in regard to the benefits of prayer, amen, and in regard to, amen, how they uh, affect us, how they affect us. Prayer affects us. Number one, prayer empties the heart of its cares. Prayer empties the heart of its great cares. The first scripture that we're going to go to because we're doing a topical type message. Amen. This is not an expository. That's why I didn't start off with a particular scripture. This is a topical type message. So we got several scriptures. Amen. And um, my foundation is in a topic rather than as I've done in the past in a particular scripture. Amen. So 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, verse six and seven says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your cares upon him for a man he cares for you. Glory to God. That word cast, it literally means to throw. It literally means to throw. In the New Living Translation, it says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Amen. Power is equivalent to the word, and it's synonymous to hand. Amen. And that the right time he'll lift you up in honor, glory to God. Verse seven says, give all your worries and cares, amen, uh, for he cares for you. Prayer empties the heart of his cares and it gives us a place to safely say and express what we want to say without any ramifications or repercussions or hearing it again. Prayer empties the heart of his cares. At the same time, it's conditioning the heart Amen, so that the seed that you've received in the Word of God may have proper place to manifest some 60, 80, and some 100 fold. Man, I feel this. Amen, glory to God that, 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 that your heart is prepared. You are the husbandman of your own heart. Amen, and you got to keep it clean so that it's ready and that is it is conditioned to bring forth fruit from the seed that's in your heart. Glory to God, amen. The parable of the sower and this explanation out of Matthew 13, verse 18 through 22, Jesus spoke a parable about the kingdom and what it's like, amen. He said, there's like a sower that went out and sow seed. He talked about four conditions of the heart. One, amen, the seed for the stony ground. The seed was always the same. There's no variable in the seed, but the condition of the ground changed And as a result of the ground changing, the productivity change, amen, or what would occur with the seed is directly linked to the condition of the heart, amen. One is the stony ground. The other one is, amen, uh, I mean, the wayside, the stony ground, and then the other was weeds, amen, where the the weed choked the word. The stony place is a heart that don't understand, amen, and the raven or the devil come and snatch the word because he's lacking in understanding. Glory to God, Amen. And but the but the 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 place where it's stony like death. And so Matthew thirteen verse eighteen through twenty two explains the parable of the sower. If you don't know the story, go back and get it. And you're reading out of Matthew thirteen. It said therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what's sown in his heart. Amen, nothing wrong with the word, something wrong with the condition of the heart, lacking understanding that seed is vulnerable to the wicked one snatching it. Then in verse 20 it says, but he who receives the seed on stony ground, it is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself. He endures but for a little while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Glory to God. Now, he who receives the seed among thorns is he who hears the word, amen, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful, amen, the cares of this world, glory to God, choke the word and the deceitfulness of riches. So it's through prayer that when we, amen, cast our cares on the Lord, when we, amen, clean our heart out, it makes it conditioned So that when we receive the seed, amen, it brings forth and we become fruitful in the Lord, amen, through the vehicle of prayer, amen. The psalmist says, oh, what needless pain we bear all because, amen, we don't take it to the Lord in prayer. There's some things we're holding in our spirit. It's physically messing with our body, amen. It physically messes with our attitude, amen. Emotionally, it messes with our attitude, spiritually, have us, amen, depraved of the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, just because we don't pray, amen. Prayer empties the heart. It prepares me simultaneously for the word so that I can yield, amen, the increase that the master, amen, desires. That's the first thing. Prayer empties the heart of his cares, amen, amen. Every hot water heater is a release valve to keep it from blowing up. Glory to God, amen. So when you get too hot, it released safely. Right. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. See, that's what that's what we need. We need prayer because prayer gives us the opportunity to, re- when we get hot, release it safely, so don't nobody get hurt. Amen. In our rant, when our in our anger, in the name of Jesus, that's number one. Number two, prayer anchors the believers to an immutable God. Prayer does. Prayer anchors the believer to an immutable God. My soul is anchored in God behind the veil. Glory to God. So prayer connects the mind and the heart of the believer to the immutable presence of God. The word immutable, it means, amen, not changing, unchanging, no variation. Glory to God, regardless of the circumstances and of the situations that come up. Praise God, amen, Uh, I, I don't change, why? because I'm connected to an unchanging, unchanging being through the vehicle of prayer. Amen. I'm anchored. I'm anchored in the Lord. Amen. So this is what the scripture says out of First uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Um, I got to read it all. Verse 13, and I'm going to read down through verse 20 because it's all necessary. Praise God. Hebrews 6 and verse 13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no one greater, amen, he swore by himself. Courage to God, amen, saying, surely blessings I'll bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by, uh, by the greater, and an oath is a confirmation, and the end of all dispute. Thus, God determined to show the more, uh, uh, more, more, abundantly to the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it with an oath that by two immutable things, which is impossible for God to lie, that we may have strong consolation. Thank you, Father, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that's set before us. Look at verse 19. This is our point. This hope we have as an anchor uh, uh, of the soul, both sure sure, and steadfast. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters behind the veil where the forerunner has entered to. Amen. For us, even Jesus, amen, has become our high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Glory to God. That anchor behind, amen, the veil. Most boats have two anchors. They want one at the front and one at the back, glory to God. So even in a storm, they may shake and go up and down, may undulate a little to the left and to the right. But if you look their location up on longitude and a latitude map, they're in the same place. Thank you, Father. (laughs) They're in the same place. If you look up, look their location up, amen, on a map of longitude and latitude, You'll find out they're still in the same place. Why? Because their soul, because the anchor held in the storm. They're not cast adrift, they're not going everywhere. Amen. As we were saying, Ephesians, Amen, four, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. doctrine. Why? Because, Amen, I'm anchored in God. Amen. So, storms may rise and the wind may blow. Glory to God. But my soul is anchored in the Lord. Prayer anchors me. Amen, in the midst of, st- of the storm. Red is me. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So that I'm not all over the place. Amen, when people talk about they don't like me. Glory to God. Don't get all, amen, sensitive about that. May hurt your feelings, but I'm going to still be right here. Why? Because I'm anchored in the Lord. So number two, prayer anchors the believer, amen, to the immutable presence of God. Prayer does that. Something is happening while you ask asking. Something is happening while you are in his presence. Amen. Number three, the other thing that happening. Prayer, amen, combined with obedience gives the believer proper foundation, amen, to endure uh, any storm of life. Say again, prayer combined with obedience gives the believer, amen, the proper foundation to endure any storm in life. Glory to God. Prayer does. Uh, the scripture we're using in that, and again, this topical is out of Luke 6, verse 46 through 49, that in the New King James Version. Luke 6, verses 46 through 49 in the New King James Version. And this is what it says. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do, do not the things which I say? Amen. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I show you to whom he is like. He's like a man building a house, a man who dug deep. This is the one who hears and obeys. He dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, laid the foundation of his house on the rock, dug deep. Took him a little more time than the next man, but a man, his foundation was on the rock, amen. Now, when the flood arose and the stream, not, not if, when. (laughs) Glory to God. Not if, beloved, but when. The flood arose and the stream beat vehemently. That just means with great passion and great thrust. Against that house, amen, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Prayer combined with obedience makes me unshakable because my foundation is on the rock of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Verse 49. But he who heard and did nothing, he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation. Because he heard, he he didn't do nothing. He got a house, both have a house. One foundation took a little, one building took a little longer because his foundation, amen, he had to dig down and found it on the rock. The other one came up fast, both got a house. And the storm got to test every man's work to see what sort it is. Amen. So, against which the streams beat, amen, vehemently. And immediately it fell, amen. And his ruin of that house was great. As soon as the storm came, as soon as some pressure came, as soon as life throws, amen, make you say uncle, as soon as issues came up, Amen, it lost everything. It fell immediately. Why? Because, amen, his foundation was on sand and not on a rock. Amen. Prayer, it seems to some make us go a little slower than the others would go or build or do. But when the storm come, amen, it's going to test who's who and what's what. Every man's work got to be tested to see what sort it is. Oh, glory to God. Every man's work got to be tested. Amen, prayer makes us ready for future storms. Say again, prayer makes us ready, amen, for future storms because you can't build while the storm is going on. Amen, down in the Gulf Coast of Texas, they got a thing that's uh, optional. Amen, you can have what what's call a hurricane brace that's built into the house while it's in the building, in the framing stages. Amen, and what that hurricane brace does it, 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 it anchors the roof, the roof to the wall, ultimately to the floor, to the foundation. So in a hurricane, you can lose shingles, amen, but your, your, your roof still, your house still stay together. Why? Because you built it with a storm in mind. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I built my house, amen. It's a forethought that something is going to happen. Not, glory to God, amen, it might. And you can't run around in life hoping that it don't happen, amen. But the Bible says when the flood arose, it's gonna happen. Flood's gonna have, the stream's gonna beat, amen, violently pounding on your house, glory to God. But, amen, uh, if you do what the Lord tell you, and the only way you can do is pray, and ask God to give you help to be obedient. That's the only way. Prayer gives us the strength to be obedient, and that obedience is the foundation being laid on the rock. And that way, when the flood comes, Amen. My, Amen. My house won't shake. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm Amen. I'm, I'm founded on the rock. Amen. I'm, Amen. I'm steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. I'm steadfast. Why? Because i Amen. I'm founded on the rock. Prayer stabilizes us to the anchor, amen, to the foundation on the rock, amen. So when God starts working in your life, don't be such a big hurry to go up before you go down. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, amen. Get a good foundation and make sure that that foundation is on the rock. That's what prayer does combined with obedience, amen. Amen, you learn how to say yes to the Lord and no to the world, amen. You learn how to tell him yes, glory to God. You learn how to tell him yes, That's number three. Number four, prayer delivers the heart of the believer, amen, from uh, following sexually desires. I mean, not sex, fleshly desires. Say that again. Prayer delivers the heart of the believer, amen, from being driven by fleshly desires. Prayer does. Prayer anchors me to God, amen, so that I don't walk in in the flesh, but in the spirit. Galatians 5 is where we're going, chapter 16, chapter 5. Verses 16 through 18, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. You've heard this before. I think it's worth reading again. Amen. Prayer delivers the heart of the believer from being driven by flesh. Glory to God. Let's read this. Verse 16, Galatians 5 and 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It's craving for something. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit, amen, gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Amen. So you got this thing going on on the inside where it means there's a desire for the things of God by the spirit going on. Then as that flesh, it desires. And these, according to the scriptures, two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intention but when you are but when you are directed by the spirit you're no longer under the obligations of the law when you're directed by the spirit amen so prayer connects us to this place in the spirit where we learn how to tell God yes and stay with a yes we we're, 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 we're consistent that's part of my next point with the Lord, glory to God, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, rehearsal, it's a type of thing you have to practice, glory to God, and keep coming back, and telling God yes, until you are matured in the Lord, hallelujah, you find out there's nothing to yield to that flesh, that's worth it, anyway, all of it done, has caused me embarrassment and heartache, glory to God, so I'm gonna keep on pressing in the Lord this time, not going back, amen, I've decided to follow Jesus, Glory to God. Though none go with me, still I follow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. That's what prayer does. While you're asking God, while you are making your petition in your request, and while you are in the presence of God and resting, amen, there is something happening, in the amen, uh, in the spirit that is affecting your life and your mind and your heart. Scripture says that if you keep your mind on me, I'll keep you in perfect peace. Prayer is that vehicle that connects us to the power source. Prayer is. Prayer is that vehicle that connects us to the power source so that we can obey God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come into God. Amen. Prayer sensitizes us. All of our spiritual senses, and we're going to talk more about that next week, prayer sensitizes us. Gives us, amen, an increase, here's a good word, discernment. Amen. We discern the good and the evil. We discern what's in us. Prayer will convict you about what's wrong in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Prayer will. As we pray in you, find yourself convicted. It's a good thing. Amen. God loves those, amen, convicts those that he loves. You need that conviction. Amen. You're in a bad place when you're what the Bible calls past conviction. That means that regardless of what the Spirit does or how you feel, You just won't be convicted about nothing. Amen. That's what it means when we're past conviction. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit of God. Prayer does that. This is the hour, beloved, where God is, amen, pressing the church into a greater level of fellowship uh, in in his presence. Equally and opposite. What we're calling revival is really God calling us into this level of intimacy where which we have debase down from. If you have revival and you're talking about, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you're talking about revival, you have to ask yourself, revive from what? To what? Amen. Revive from where? What what's happened? Where have we gone to? What level of fallenness have we, amen, debased to? Glory to God. What what what's what has happened, the reason why we need revival or call to be revived? Amen. There are maintenance revivals, don't get me wrong, but there are also those that are a result, amen, of disobedience and amen, a result of prayerlessness. The body of Christ is suffering, amen, from the lack of prayer. It's a prayerless people going about doing God's thing without asking him, without any interaction with the Almighty God. So he's calling us back to that level of intimacy with him. Thank you, Father. And that, but I want to encourage you that while we are approaching him and drawing near. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw, I draw near to you. You come close, I'll come closer. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. But while we're in His presence, there's something that is going on in us and with us just by the fellowship, even if we don't say a word, even if we don't make any requests, even if we, do, amen, don't have anything major wrong, no bills on the line we're asking God for. Glory to God. We find out that, Something is happening in my DNA. Some chemistry component happening in my mind, in my body, in my will. My emotions are being changed because I'm in uh, this relationship with the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Amen. So uh, my last point, prayer. um, Let me say this before I go on. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, amen, spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, amen, it's, amen because the enemy want to hijack your heart because that's the place where decisions are made. That's the control center. You can take over that. You can take over all of us. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, amen, out of the abundance of the heart, the lips will speak. So, amen, the enemy is after the same plot of ground God is after. <laughs> Glory to God. Is your heart because whoever controls that passion place controls the man. Amen. Prayer automatically surrenders my whole being to God. Prayer does. The last one, prayer produces, amen, in the life of believer of the believer, consistency. Prayer, amen, it produces in the life of the believer, amen, uh, consistency. That's the word I want to use, amen. Causes us to be consistent. And that's what the Lord is looking for out of us is that we will learn how to be uh, consistent, amen. And there's a definition I looked up. I thought it was really, really good, amen. Of the word to be consistent, it means to it means acting or done in a way uh, over time, especially as to be fair or accurate. I like that, amen. Consistent. Another definition says unchanging in nature, standard or effect over time. Consistent unchanging in the nature, unchanging in my standard. Amen. Uh, Over time, I'm the same. Synonyms are steady. And praise God, prayer makes me steady. Uh, Another synonym, stable. I like that one. Another synonym is constant or regular. Amen. I'm uniform. I'm orderly. That's another one. Uh, Amen. I like this word because it appears... Amen, in the word of God, unswerving, I'm unwa- unwavering, I'm constant. Prayer, amen, calls me to be constant. I'm unwavering, unfailing, I'm predictable. Glory to God, I'm predictable. Praise God, amen, I- I'm predictable in how I'm gonna respond. I'm gonna seek the Lord, amen. I'm gonna be consistent in calling upon him first. I'm gonna be unchanging, unfailing. Re- uh, here's another word I love, reliable. Got another word, dependable. All of these are synonyms for consistent. Amen. I'm dependable. I'm reliable to the Lord. Amen. I ain't going to be, amen, uh, schizophrenic with God over here one day. Amen. Doing this another day. Praise God. Just don't go to or even be, act saved another day. Glory to God. Prayer brings me to that level of consistency where I can be the same type person. I don't have to act like I'm about 10 different people at one time. Glory to God. Amen. Gives me that steadiness. Amen. And uh, regardless of my uh, mindset, that's what prayer does for me. Amen. So my desire um, uh, for you is to understand what, uh, to have a great desire for prayer. Understanding it's working on your person as you're doing the requesting. Glory to God. As you're doing the requesting. Amen. It's in the presence of God where there's something about the DNA that changes uh, the presence of God changes our mindset, amen. And if you're taking notes and you want to read, we're going to start next week in Psalm 73, amen. Psalm 73, praise God. Uh, it starts out, it looks like it's going to start out good, but amen, it takes a real swift turn, amen. And it, amen. And the psalmist talked about his view of the proud, amen, their life, God is good to Israel, he says, but as for me, I, amen, my foot had almost stumbled. Glory to God, my steps nearly slipped. I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Amen, there are no pains in their death. They die, don't, act, don't look like it hurt. Amen, their strength is firm. There are no, amen, they are not in trouble as other men. Nor are they plagued like other men. Their proud serves, amen, their pride served like a necklace. Violence covered them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. This is how he's looking at the proud in his sinful, fallen amen, mindset without God. Verse seven b says they have no, they have more than heart than their heart could wish. They scoff. Amen. Speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily, loftily. Amen. They set their mouth against the heavens. And their tongue, amen, walks through the earth. Therefore, these people return here. The waters of a full cup are drained by them. Amen. But when you get down, praise God, to uh, verse 17, I mean, verse, yeah, 16, it says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Amen. I was trying to figure out how the, there's the I was, envious of the prideful and their wickedness. I was trying to figure out how that worked. Amen. Verse 17 is the turning point. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. And surely you set them in the slippery place and then you cast them down to destruction. So you see, amen, that it's in that place of worship, in that place of intimacy, where our mindset is changed about how we view life and wickedness. Glory to God. Amen. So it, it's, it's it's that place that we learn more about, amen, what, who God really is, amen, when we submit our mindset in worship. Praise God. I tell people all the time, don't make no major decision until you worship. Amen. There's something in that chemistry, in that environment, in the presence of God that brings us in alignment with kingdom principles and not our fleshly, unregenerated, fallen mindset. Amen. Amen. That's what that worship does when it's coming back, amen, with prayer. Anything to be in His presence brings us to a godly viewpoint that's different from our own viewpoint. Praise God. And so that's where we're going, and my desire is to excite you about prayer. The goal is to excite you about being in His presence. The goal is to call man back to an intimate time in prayer. But the Scripture says that man should always pray and not faint, not give in, not cave in, not quit. Amen. And be persistent, consistent in the presence of God. This is where we're going to, beloved, that we our discipline will be, amen, to be in the presence of God. This is this is here's, here's the key word. Our priority is his presence. Amen. We're going to talk more about discernment next week. Amen. This is our priority, is to be in his presence. I need him like I need water, like I need food. I need to be in his presence. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you God. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, we glorify you. We give you glory and praise. Your name is above all names. As sure the high the heavens are higher than the earth, or your ways higher than our ways, than your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so, Father, we pray that you will bring us into alignment with your kingdom ways, with your mindset. As we pray, as we seek you, we know you're changing us. Give us the strength in a consistency to be in your presence, that yo, that to be with you and to be in prayer is a priority, not something that we can take a leave. But we have to have you. And so, Father, we bless you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would that you would touch those that would hear this message now, or that would hear it later, that they would come into agreement with the word of God, with your word, God, and that their lives would be changed. We bless you. And we thank you. If you're listening to this broadcast, amen, now all you're listening to it later on and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to make that invitation. The word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, amen. If you have not made a conscious decision about your inter- eternal future, amen, you can do that right now. Ask the Lord to come into your life, acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. If you're backslidden and you just have not been in the fellowship with the saints, amen, the scripture says in Hebrews 10 and 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, amen, as in the matter of some, but even more so as you see the day approaching, you can return home. I got good news. God, he's married to the backslide. You can come back to God because he won't treat you like people treat you. Amen. Praise God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Amen, in Jesus' name, amen.